It's time for another LA Kings fan feedback show. We'll talk about Kings logos, goaltending, player rankings, the Gretzky trade, and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We would love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. It's time for another LA Kings fan feedback show. We've got lots of questions and comments to get to. Let's get right into them. As usual, we start with the emails. And our first email comes from Darcy Blair in Sylvain Lake, Alberta. And he says, I'm an everydayer. Awesome to hear that. Thank you very much. He says, I was listening to your top five show. Loved your take on the current Kings logo. Got me thinking of my top five Kings logos. For me, my number one Kings logo is the crown from the 99 through 2002 seasons. My number two is the shield from the same seasons. I absolutely love those logos and uniforms. I would like to see them as their everyday home and a ways. Number three for me is the crown they wore in the 70s and early 80s. My number four is the Chevy logo, the Gretzky era. And 4A would be the Chevy logo on the 2021 reverse retro. My number five is the current logo. And the reason I like this one is the prominent LA and the shield look of the logo. Keep up the good work. Would love to see a show dedicated to the great jerseys the Kings have worn. Cheers and go Kings go. All right, thank you, Darcy, for checking on that. Obviously, we had that top five show this past Monday. If you want to check that out, please go back and and visit it. Um, but we had some, you know, more serious questions: top five uh, forwards, centers, uh, wingers, uh, the goaltenders in the NHL, and where the Kings ranked, and all of that. But they, there was also a couple of questions. One of them was top five mascots in the NHL and top five logos in the NHL. And I said the, the Kings' current logo I thought would be way down on the list. Uh, and it was, it was like number 22 out of what, 32 NHL teams. But uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Kings current logo. I've mentioned that before. I am wearing the hat though, that has the Kings current logo on it. Um, yeah. My top two Kings logos. I've always said this. I think they should go back to the crown. I like the crown from the old form blue and gold days, the original expansion crown. That's my favorite crown. The other crown they had, as you were talking about uh, in the early two thousands, I guess it was. Uh, that that would be my second choice, but I've always wanted the Kings to go back to a crown logo on their chest. Doesn't I don't need to see LA. I don't need anything else, just the crown. Um, after that, I would go with the Chevy logo, and then the current logo would be last for me. And uh, actually, you know what? I think you brought up the shield, right? And it had uh, the lion with the sunglasses, the sun. I think there was like uh, some cross sticks or something. I'm not a big fan of that one. That would be slightly above our current logo for me but i thank you darcy for being an everydayer and for checking in on the king's logos obviously it's a very subjective thing we all have our different views 
Uh, and you expressed yours, which is what this show is about, all about. Our next email comes from Brian in Los Alamitos. And if I don't say the state, I think it goes without saying that that's California. Uh, he says, Brian says, I was recently looking at the team's roster on the official Kings website and noticed that there is no second alternate captain. If I'm not mistaken, Philip Deneau wore the second A last season, but it's not indicated on the roster. Was this just an oversight or is the second alternate captaincy up for grabs? If so, who do you think should wear the second A? Do you see anyone on the team uh, with future captain potential aside from Drew Doughty? And on another note, I know he is not allowed to coach an NHL team right now, but do you think Joel Quinville would be a good fit as Kings coach if things don't work out with Tom McClellan? Or is it too soon to even mention it after the Blackhawks scandal? Thanks for all your hard work uh, that you do for us Kings fans. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. Let's start with the second part of your question first. Joel Quinville, I'm sure you probably know Kings fans, was uh, – the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks during their glory years, which coincided with the Kings glory years. And they had some great battles in the playoffs. The Kings got the better of the Blackhawks in that game seven uh, in 2014. The Blackhawks got the better of the Kings uh, as well in, in previous years, but it was a good battle. And Joel Quinville is a hall of fame head coach, um, but he does have the stink on him from that sexual assault scandal that involved a Blackhawks player. He lied to the NHL about it. Uh, he has to uh, apply to the league to be considered for reinstatement. I don't know if he's done that yet. Uh, this past offseason was the first time his name has come up as a rumored head coach. There were rumors about him going to the New York Rangers. That did not end up happening. But I think we've seen kind of the baby steps of maybe him getting back into the league coaching because it appears it is definitely something that he wanted wants to do. If you recall, when that scandal broke, he was the head coach of the Florida Panthers, and he was uh, he ended up being uh, kind of forced to resign from that post. So to answer your question, um, if you don't know, Todd McClellan is going into the final year of his contract. I have said that I'm on record hoping they do not extend him at any point during the season unless the Kings get off to an absolutely incredible, phenomenal start. I think this season should determine whether he is extended or not. If the Kings go farther in the playoffs, then fine. If they don't, time to bring in somebody else. Would Joel Quinville be the guy? Well, he certainly has Stanley Cup experience. He's one of the winningest all-time coaches in NHL history. That would be another kind of bold move for Rob Blake. But so far, he's shown he's not afraid to do something like that. I would I would put the odds at, well, it, I guess it also depends on who the other coach is available out there as well. But like I said, Joel Quinville has tested the waters. It appears this year, the NHL though still has to reinstate him, but he's got the Stanley cup pedigrees. One of the greatest coaches in NHL history, as far as total wins, he's going to the hall of fame. It wouldn't be a terrible choice. If you as a fan can look past basically him lying about that sexual assault scandal and saying he didn't know about it. When in fact, uh, the evidence showed that he actually did know about it. So the other part of the question, though, I don't want to skip that part. Um, I, I saw this question, and like you, I, I did go to the official Kings website, and you are correct. Andre Kopitar on the Kings roster has a C. Drew Doughty has the A, but there is no A next to Philip Deneau. Uh, I would I would think, um, judging by that, that that alternate captaincy is up for grabs, and I guess will have to be earned. I have always said, I believe captaincies and alternate captains should be voted on by the players. I don't think that should be a management issue. I think the players know who the leaders are and they should vote on who the leaders should be. 
I don't know that the Kings do it that way, but we we know Drew, uh, Drew Doughty is going to be an alternate. We know Kopitar obviously is going to be the captain, but who's going to be the other alternate captain? I would think Philip Deneau would be at the top of the list. Um, maybe an Adrian Kempe is kind of the, you know, the next generation of leaders for the LA Kings. Maybe he would be in consideration, but I would be surprised if Philip Deneau doesn't get it. Uh, from everything I have known about him, he's very popular with the team, uh, is a team first kind of a guy. Um, so I would be surprised if he doesn't get it, but it could be one of those situations where maybe they alternate it and it kind of floats around a little bit. Maybe it goes to Deneau, maybe it goes to Kempe, maybe it goes to somebody else like, I don't know, maybe a Matt Roy or somebody like that. Maybe it kind of rotates a bit, but um, we'll have to see. But you're right. I did notice that as well after you brought it to my attention that there are uh, there is no second alternate captain currently listed on the Kings roster. Uh, this comes from Scott in Simi Valley. He says, you had to bring up the Tim Stutzler thing again. Uh, <laughs> and this was in relation to, uh, we talked about the top five young players under 22, and St- Tim Stutzler was number two on that list as voted on by the Locked On hosts across the NHL. Um, he uh, Scott continues, as long as we're there, remember this. We could have had Stutzla and Zegras, but that's water under the bridge. So let's cheer on QB and our other young guys uh, and wait. My idea is to showcase how much Kings hockey has caught has changed since the 70s. He's talking about a, a future show idea as far as maybe a top five or something. He says, um, look at the waning team penalty minutes year by year, the phasing out of fighting and the fading away of these super hard-nosed enforcers the Kings have had. And they have... And they have suited up over the years. Uh, you have to do a little homework, but my suggestion is to start on YouTube with the record-setting brawl between the Kings and Flyers, March 11th, 1979. You really need to see the old clips, and I'm not ruining any surprise for you, although on a side note, I will say that Carlin Bates' father, Frank, figures prominently into the scraps. Whether you like the old, uh, old-time old hockey fighting or not, every fan wants their team to do well, and such an episode would definitely shed light on the huge evolution of the game over the last half century. Uh, those who didn't like fighting would be glad it's diminished. And those who are like to cheer on their team in all aspects of each game back then, including the rough stuff, will have fond memories of Kings tough guys from the purple and gold era. Suggested Kings combatants are Randy Holt, record setter in the contest above at Philly, Dave Hutchinson, Dan Maloney, Tiger Williams, Dave Schultz, Jay Wells, and Ken Bomber Baumgartner. Uh, among these names are the all-time NHL penalty minutes leader, Williams, and the leader in a single period and a single game, Holt. I hope you can use this. Uh, the period of NHL news doldrums will end before we know it. Thanks, and go Kings go. Uh, well, I appreciate, Scott, the uh, suggestion. Um, we may have another top five show coming up on Monday, but this would be much more focused on the Kings and not the NHL. And maybe a top five Kings tough guys category is something that people would be interested in. I think that's uh, actually a pretty, pretty good idea. We are going to continue with more of your emails in a moment here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, take your swings at betting Major League Baseball at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet back in a bonus bet that's up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in a bonus bet, win or lose. Uh, that's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under or who you think will hit the first home run of the game. Uh, all on an app that is super safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid 
instantly. There is no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get up to $200 in a bonus bet. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, back to your emails. This comes from Amy. She is in Reno, Nevada, and she says, uh, Kings and everyday listener to your podcast, Amy, that makes you an everydayer. Uh, she says, it is painful having to see the Vegas logos everywhere here, but I proudly have my Kings bumper sticker and Kings license plate holder on display. Good job by you of uh, representing the Kings there in Golden Knights land. Uh, she says, I can't wait for the season to start and go Kings go. I remember the Gretzky trade and I, uh, and what I remember are the rumors that he agreed to the trade because of his wife and her ties to the movie industry. I guess that wasn't entirely accurate, but that's what I was always, that what I, that's what I had always thought that he did it for Janet. I also remember being a little angry because I could no longer afford tickets as they seemed to skyrocket almost immediately. He was great for LA, great for the game in California, but it sucked because of the ticket prices. Pretty shocking and awesome day, though. I look forward to your podcast. Can't wait till it's every day again. Thank you. Well, thank you, Amy. Um, yeah, well, you can't blame the LA Kings for uh, for trying to make uh, money when they had a product and a player that was in demand for people to see. Yeah, I'm sure the ticket prices did go up back there in 1988 when the great one, Wayne Gretzky, came to LA. Uh, as far as the Janet jones gretzky part and aspect of that i i don't think that played much of a role if it did it was a very very minor role because frankly janet jones was a very very minor um actress uh she was in one movie that i can think of it was uh, a gymnastics movie uh and it's really disappointing to me that that is taking up storage in my brain it was called american anthem Mitch Gaylord was also in it. He was a, uh, a U.S. gold medal winning Olympic gymnastics person. Um, that, God, I should not know that, but I do. Um, but she, yeah, she was in some TV shows, but she, her, her her acting career, uh, I think they both knew it wasn't exactly um, going to be taking off. All right. I mean, look, I work in sports radio. Uh, I have no illusions of being the next Colin Cowherd or Dan Patrick or one of those guys. Uh, that's not going to happen. And I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm perfectly fine in the role that I'm in, uh, which is a lesser role of like uh, news guy, sidekick, sometimes fill in host, but I am on the overnight shift. So I, like, I know who I am. I think Janet Jones knew who she was as an actress and it wasn't going to be what was going to be uh, a big part of their lives. And uh, I think very shortly after that, I think as uh, Ted Sobel mentioned, she got pregnant and became a mom and a wife. And I think she, I don't even know if she acted much after that. So I think there were some people in Canada that wanted to blame, as he said, the Yoko Ono for breaking up, right? Breaking up the Beatles, breaking up the, the Oilers, if you know that reference. So, but I don't think that really played much of a role. Uh, if it did, it was a very minor role in that trade. Uh, our next email and I think our final email, no, we got two more emails. Uh, our next email comes from Dave Youngmark. He's in Seattle, Washington, says, I want to chime in on the rain broadcast on AHL TV and talk about the absolutely horrible production quality. Have you ever watched these games? It is painful at times. Usually the audio is so bad that you can hear nothing but the announcer's voice and little to no sound from the ice. 
Sometimes it gives you the option to switch over to the other team's broadcast, which can be a little bit better, but not much. The video is usually one camera angle with poor quality. I could literally create, literally create a better production with my iPhone. Uh, you would think that a league that is one level down from the NHL would be able to offer fans a better quality production and that they would want to in an effort to grow the game in the fan base. I know it's a developmental league, but I've watched a lot of minor league hockey and junior hockey that has far better production quality. Perhaps the next time you talk to Jared Schaffern, you can ask him about this and if the team has any plans to make improvements, rant over, keep up the good work, and go Kings go. Uh, yeah, Dave, I, I, I haven't, I've never subscribed to AHL TV, but I'm pretty sure I know what it's like. Um, the rookie tournament, which is coming up uh, in a few weeks, um, last year they had a video feed available that you could watch, and I was thrilled to have it. Now, I didn't have to pay for it, um, but it was basically just they had one camera at center ice and it moved back and forth with the action. And that was about it. Every once in a while, they had like a close up somewhere. So maybe they had two cameras. Um, the audio quality was OK, but I'm guessing that is very similar to what you're getting with AHL TV. But if you're paying for something, I think uh, you probably should expect a little bit more. Um, it's one hundred and fifty dollars for every game, for every team, for the AHL season. $64 for all the games for one team. And there's some other various plans in there that are different as well, but it's not great. Um, but I have worked in minor league hockey. I've been around minor league sports and it is a pretty bare bones budget as far as you know, what they do. It's uh, they, they are not making a lot of money. And so it's, it's pretty, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty frugal when it comes to pretty much everything. That would include the broadcast as well. So I'm not surprised to, to find out that AHL TV is uh, is lacking in, in quality production uh, values. Uh, our last email comes from Jim in Lakewood. He says, the other day I was at the rink in the dressing room with a bunch of 15 and 18-year-old kids in the Ducks organization, and I was talking to one of them who lives in Alhambra. I was asking him just out of curiosity, how many kids at his school of 2000, which is Alhambra High School, know or care about the Kings or hockey in general. Then I asked him to ask five kids randomly who Connor McDavid was, and let's see who knows who he is. Long story short, nobody knew who Connor McDavid was, and nobody cared about the Kings. The point being, nothing against our great city of Los Angeles, but this is a Laker and Dodger town. Uh, I can rest assured that uh, you know, and we all know, that every single one of those kids has Dodger blue or Lakers yellow. Nothing against those teams or the city, but what people said about this not being a hockey town is quite obvious, but who cares? It's our hockey town and our team. So that's, um, so I, he says, also says, I love Ted uh, and the interview with Jim was great. Um, I would certainly grab his book. He mentioned 29 times when it comes out. Uh, he seems like a real humble and prepared and professional. Love that dude. Uh, thanks again. And go Kings go. Well, first of all, Ted Sobel's book is out. It's been out for some time. It's called touching greatness. So you can't, he, I think he only mentioned it twice. He didn't mention it 29 times. Um, but uh, yeah, look, he's trying to sell some books. That's fine. That's part of the deal. Can't blame a guy for trying to get some money uh, into his pocket. Uh, so you can get that book now if you want, Jim. Um, uh, as far as the, the little experiment you put together talking to some kids uh, and I guess you, them asking their classmates, um, I mean, it's a pretty unscientific, uh, sample size. I think you'd also have to ask those same kids. Uh, do you care about the Dodgers, the Lakers? Do you know who Freddie Freeman is? Do you know who Anthony Davis is? 
I'm guessing they probably don't know who those guys are either. Now they might know LeBron James because he's a super superstar and maybe Mookie Betts who has a funny name and is a pretty big player, but I don't know. It, you'd have to, it's like I said, your, your, your little uh, experiment wasn't all that scientific. Um, and you know, if you ask uh, just random high school kids in Boston, are they all going to know who David Pasternak is? Now I know you're from Boston. That's why I said that my, my guess is probably not. I th- I don't think people in general public uh, are into sports as much as we all think they are because we're gigantic sports fans. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl gets 115 million people watching it, but there's more than half of this country that still doesn't watch the Super Bowl. So, you know, there are more non-sports fans out there than are sports fans. So I think if you, I, 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 know, I understand your point and, and we're going back to that whole, that whole argument about what Gabe already said about obviously Winnipeg as, you know, better hockey fans. Uh, and, and, and that always rubs me the wrong way. I don't, I'm not suggesting places like Boston, Minnesota, cities in Canada, that there aren't more hockey fans there, possibly that they're in LA, although LA has a greater population. Um, but, um, just the whole concept of the whole idea of if you are from Boston, if you're from Minnesota, if you're from Canada, that makes you a better hockey fan than someone in LA or Vegas or Dallas or whatever. I don't buy that. Yeah. There are probably more of them. Yes. It certainly gets covered differently in the media, but I, I don't know. I push back against that kind of thing. So, but I'm from California and I am a Kings fan. So of course I am. Uh, we're going to get to the YouTube comments here in just a second here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, I want to remind you guys to check out Locked on NHL. It's uh, Monday through Friday and it covers everything going on in the National Hockey League. Uh, you had Jonathan Taves talking about he's stepping away from the game but not retiring. Uh, the great Rick Jenneret passed away, a longtime great Buffalo Sabres broadcaster. So there's always stuff going on in the NHL, and I'm sure they're talking about those subjects and more on Locked on NHL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's check in on some comments on the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, this comes from uh, Brian Henderson, 643. He says, hey, Eddie, every day you're here. Uh, and... Um, when the NHL posted the top 20 wingers on social media, I was shocked. It did not uh, include Adrian Kempe. Uh, not that he's a, now that he's a 40 goal scorer, I think um, we, w- he would have a better ranking. Uh, I would like to know where you would rank Adrian Kempe. Um, I think he and Kevin Fiala are hovering around the top 20. Um, I think that uh, Kempe is probably a little bit on the outside looking in at the top 20. I think he's right there. Maybe, I mean, I haven't done the research, but I would say he's probably like 22, 23, 24, maybe somewhere in there. Uh, Fiala is also right in there as well. So I don't know that either of them are necessarily top 20 wingers, but they're right there. They're in the conversation. Um, maybe just on the outside looking in, but certainly right around you know, in, in the, I would say definitely top 30. I think Kevin Viala and Adrian Kempe are, are definitely both top 30 wingers in the NHL. Uh, our next comment from the YouTube episodes comes from uh, Jeremiah Cleet, uh, 9140. He says, hey, Eddie, every dayer. And uh, I'm actually worried about Quentin Byfield because I want to see him to be a part of the Kings future. I hope they'll believe in him after this season because do you think if QB and or Artie get injured, do you think we might see the last of them on this team? Hope they can prove themselves. Go Kings, go. 
Um, both Quentin Byfield and Arthur Kaliev are restricted free agents after this season. I believe both of their rookie deals are up. I it definitely is for Quentin. I'm pretty sure it is for Kaliev as well. They're both making just under nine hundred thousand dollars. Um, I would be very shocked if Quentin Byfield has a huge year and they weren't able to afford him. Same goes for Arthur Kaliev. If Kaliev has a really big year and finally kind of turns into uh, like a Gabe Velarde type from a year ago, he's still not going to get a huge contract. They'll still be able to afford him. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, Kings management definitely thinks Quentin Byfield is still uh, a season or two away from really starting to show some of the promise uh, for you know why he was drafted number two overall in the 2020 NHL draft. So I don't they're not they're, I don't think they're ready to give up on him uh, just yet. Uh, this on the uh, Tim Stutzla uh, draft over uh, actually not drafting Tim Stutzla but Tim Quinton Byfield. Uh, this comes from Frank Pereda, 1106. He says Zegris could have been a king as well. Uh, I saw both Turcotte and Zegris play a few times and kept wondering who is this guy. Uh, was noticeably a far better player than Turcotte. He was drafted four or five spots after Turcotte, I believe. Can you imagine having two of the top five with Clark on the way? Can only dream, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, every team can kind of look back on those redrafting uh, of the drafts, and I see that they are, those things are featured every now and then. I see them on the internet. I see them on social media. Um, yeah, if, if they redrafted the 2020 draft, Tim Slitzler would be the first player taken by the New York Rangers. It wouldn't have been Alexi Lafreniere, so... Um, we, like I said, every team can go back and say in hindsight, Oh, should have took this guy should have took that guy. Um, I honestly, at the time did not have any issue with the Kings taking Quentin Byfield and I didn't have any issue with them taking Alex Turcotte. Now it hasn't worked out so far, may not work out, but to be fair, you do have to judge those draft picks when they happen. Um, I'm not saying that there's no criticism to be had after the fact, but like I said, I didn't think either of those picks were reaches. I didn't think either of those picks were unjustified. And I think a lot of teams, if they would have had those same picks, would have taken those same players as well. But you're right. We could look back on it and be like, oh, my God, if we had Tim Slitzer and Trevor Zegras, where would the Kings be at this point? It's it's uh, definitely a, a good question. Uh, more from the YouTube uh, channel. Um, this comes from Big Lebowski. 3961, he says, I personally like old school logos like the Blackhawks, Montreal, even the Whalers and the Nordiques who are no longer in the NHL. Uh, question I have uh, regarding the Winnipeg trade. Would the Jets have taken Byfield instead of Velarde? If so, would you have kept Gabe instead? Also, as far as the goalies go, do you see the Kings potentially looking to acquire someone like UC Saros in the near future if the current goaltending experiment fails? Let's start with the second one first. Um, it, obviously, You've got Cam Talbot, you've got Phoenix Copley, but they're both on one-year deals. So the Kings will be looking to either re-sign or sign a new goaltender. After this season, uh, there are two big unrestricted free agents coming up after this year in the goaltending position. Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets, Ilya Samsonov of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Hellebuck makes just north of $6 million a year. Uh, Samsonov, about $3.5 million per season if they wanted to go after one of those big time goalies, although Hellebuck is one of Vesna, Samsonov hasn't, but he's done a decent job uh, in Toronto. Um, so those are your options going forward. Um, so I don't know if either of those guys would be in, in the plans. I don't know what other teams are going to be looking to upgrade in net as well. 
But those are the two big names as far as unrestricted free agents that the Kings could sign um, after this season. As far as would the Winnipeg Jets have taken Quentin Byfield over Gabe Velarde? I mean, obviously, I don't know definitively one way or another. My guess would be um, that I think they would have taken Quentin Byfield if that were the case. I don't know that for a fact. If that were the case, would I have kept Velarde and traded Byfield? It's a tough call. Uh, it really is. I think the Kings are so invested in Byfield that they're going to see it through one way or another. So if that was an option, I'm not surprised they didn't do it. Um, but if I had the chance to do that, I think I would have kept Velarde and and traded Byfield because the Kings are are looking to win now. They're not looking to be you know be a Stanley Cup winner in three or four years necessarily. They're they're in it to win it now, and I think Gabe Velarde helps the Kings now more than Quentin Byfield does. Uh, this comes from Dave Young, 9484. He says, when you talk about the Kings goaltending and not really needing an expensive or proven goalie, you always mention Vegas. Just because Vegas won the cup with Hill doesn't mean the Kings can win with a crappy goalie and not that Hill is crappy, but the Knights got hot at the right time and were better, stronger, and more of a balanced team than the Kings were. And I think the Kings are going to regret not getting a better goalie. And when the time comes, other teams are going to know that they need a goalie and are going to make the Kings overpay greatly. Um, well, yeah, I keep using the Golden Knights because they want a Stanley Cup, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, and I, like I said, I've said this many times, I think in the NHL there is more of a shift now towards getting a good goalie, not having to have a great goalie to win the Stanley Cup, and to put a great team around that good goalie. And we've seen, seen examples like Aiden Hill of teams being able to win the Stanley Cup. So I don't necessarily agree you have to have a Vesna caliber goalie to win a Stanley Cup we've seen several examples of that so I think the philosophy that the Kings have about doing that uh is not something that I think is um is bad I think it's uh, makes sense and frankly I don't think either of our goalies are crappy I don't think Cam Talbot's crappy I don't think Phoenix Copley is crappy are they Vesna caliber goalies no but are they serviceable are they good enough are they good? I think they're good. You could argue they're not great, but I think they're good enough. I really do. Uh, this one comes from Ricky Hazel, 1030. Says, uh, really the most important trade, maybe in sports history, is Gretzky coming to LA. Quite literally changed the landscape of the league. Within five years of the trade, there were three hockey teams in California, two in Florida, and 12 years in the NHL uh, had expanded by nine teams, mostly into non-traditional hockey markets, and relocated four northern cities, Winnipeg, uh, Quebec, Minnesota, Hartford, into southern or southwestern uh, U.S. areas, Phoenix, Colorado, Dallas, and Carolina. Obviously, Atlanta was relocated to Winnipeg, which makes Atlanta 0 for 2 and Canada 2 and 0. I guess Quebec City should hope Atlanta gets an expansion team. That's true. Uh, but he says um, 11 cups, Colorado 3, Dallas 1, Carolina 1, Anaheim 1, LA 2, Tampa Bay 2, Vegas 1. The cities that, if not for Gretzky, would likely have never seen a Stanley Cup. It is hard to imagine that there is another trade out there in, in the history of North American sports that is bigger and more impactful than the Wayne Gretzky trade. There is no doubt about it. It was impactful for the Kings, but even more impactful to the NHL as a whole. And as was pointed out just now, uh, the shifting landscape of the NHL was absolutely affected by the Wayne Gretzky trade. Hey, thank you to all who took the time to email or comment. This show is literally not possible without you. Uh, if you'd like to send an email at any time for anything, uh, you can do 
I also do it for um, next Friday's uh, fan feedback show. If you'd like the email address is locked on Eddie at gmail.com E D D I E. Uh, you can also post your comments, of course, on the YouTube episodes as well for your everydayers. Those of you that listen or watch locked on LA Kings every day or for the, for the moment, every other day uh, coming up next week, we'll obviously have a special feature on Monday, Wednesday, uh, special guest. And then on Friday, another LA Kings fan feedback show. We'd love for you to stay connected with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for listening and watching locked on LA Kings, part of the locked on podcast network. Have a safe weekend from what I'm told. We've got a huge storm coming through Southern California on Sunday. So uh, stay safe out there. Hopefully the power will be on for Monday and we'll have a show for you. Uh, So we'll see you then. And as always, go Kings go.